Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to the Embodied Nourishment Podcast. Thank you for being here. Um, In succession of the episode that I released last week, I want to dive in and talk just a little bit more and more about how our culture... Um, the traditions of our culture, the this capitalistic worlds that we live in, um, how that has created an environment where we often feel trapped and how um, it, it can make us feel really stuck in these patterns that we repeat over and over and over again that we just can't seem to get out of. So um, if you didn't check out the previous episode where I talked about shame not being an effective motivator for behavior change, I really recommend that you go check that one out before listening to this one. Uh, Because in that episode, I talk a lot about how these unhealthy cycles that we get into are often shaped by the environment that we live in, the environment being a trap in and of itself that gets us caught in these cycles. Um, I know I'm a registered dietitian and I often, and, and I will do this again here too, I refer mostly everything back to food, the relationship with food, the relationship with body. And I'm going to do that again today, but um, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit more about it with other examples as well because it's all connected. Your chaotic relationship with food has nothing to do with food and everything to do with the mindsets that you're stuck in, which are a product of the environment that you are in. So this conversation has been coming up a lot with um, colleagues of mine, um, other registered dietitians, other healthcare professionals who have gone rogue, if you will. Um, I communicate and network with many healthcare providers, such as physicians, assistants, nurses, registered dietitians, um, and other other healthcare workers who have quit their jobs from the system and have, like I said, went rogue and are practicing in ways that are just more aligned um, with our nature. Um, So, and and in talking to these colleagues of mine, I call them colleagues, um, we're we're talking about how the feminine, the women, are so supportive of each other in business. And it's a phenomenon that that we're just seeing more and more and just how natural it is. My other registered dietitian friends who have their own businesses like, like I do, we don't compete at all. In fact, like these women have become some of the most best friends I could have ever asked for. And we all have our own flavors. We all have our own personalities. Um, We all bring something different to the table and we really see the value in each other. And we are constantly cheering for each other. We are constantly, you know, if we get stuck in a rut and we're doubting ourselves, we pull each other out of the rut. We, we just, we don't compete at all. And it's such a pleasant way of being. And it's just so, 
it's so funny to think about, uh, funny is not the word, but it, amazing is maybe a better word because previously when you're working in an office or within an institution, within a very uh, containerized structure with a lot of rules and a lot of regulations and, you know, it, it's within the capitalistic framework where the end goal is always what are you producing monetarily, right? It's what is the bottom line? How much revenue did we bring in? How much money did we make? And that's how it's measured. That, that's how you are measured as an employee. And it's also how you're, it ends up how you get to be treated in that workplace. And that is why like workplaces can be so catty and so much drama and all of these weird, weird power dynamics um, that can really just make for a hellish workplace that is just not fulfilling. And it's because when your entire existence and your entire worth is boiled down to hey, how much are you producing for this structure, this institution, this organization, this entity that's not even a person, right? There, there's no human being that, like there's no one single human being behind a desk of a corporation or an entity or, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's a huge system. And when your entire worth as a human being is boiled down to, the amount of production that you're making for that entity, that is an, a miserable, awful way to live, right? Um, and that is a product of this patriarchal, capitalistic world that we live in. Now, I have a story because this is just, um, well, well, the whole dynamic of these women, female, entrepreneur, healthcare workers who have gone rogue, quit their businesses, and are providing healthcare um, on, like, I am on Instagram, podcasts, emails, you know, like, just trying to reach as many people as I possibly can. Um, I have a story that is in such stark contrast to the natural way that us women, us females are operating in in the business realm. So I went on a date with a guy um, several months ago and I met him on like Bumble or something. So I didn't even know where he came from. It was just a quick swipe. Hey, you want to get dinner? Sure, let's go get dinner. Um, it was a one-time thing. There was like no compatibility. So I ended up never seeing him again. But however, we did have a conversation that... I think actually really changed my life and changed my perspective on things forever. So he too, um, uh, he too was an entrepreneur. Yes, he was an entrepreneur. And his line of work, what he did was um, he remodeled kitchens. Um, and so where I live, I live in New York. I live on Long Island, New York. And I mean, we're pretty densely populated, right? So there's... Um, I think there's like six million people who live on Long Island. So there's many millions of houses on Long Island. And that's where he worked. His company is on Long Island servicing the island. And he remodeled kitchens. And he was telling me about his work and about how like burnt out he was, how competitive it was, how, you know, always competing with other 
kitchen remodeling um, services on Long Island and how cutthroat it is and how they're always having to slash prices and, and, you know, like reduce their prices to compete with these other competitors. And they're so busy just like working themselves into the ground. And it's just like really a miserable existence. Like when he was telling me about his work, like it was not this passionate fulfilling like oh my god like I am changing lives you know it was like every day is how much money can I produce 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 and it's so much competition and we all hate each other and I'm just and I was sitting there and just listening and thinking like wow and then it hit me and I started responding to him and I said you know it's just so interesting I wonder what's different about kitchen remodeling and registered dietitian work because like for me it's not like that at all like I I don't know like I, I and I was a little confused at first because I was working through the thought process as it was coming to me like as I was speaking and reflecting on his words and responding and I just said you know it, we don't experience this at all um you know, the way that me and my registered dietitian colleagues, the way that we see it is that there are endless amounts of people in the world. Like there's, there's literally billions of people in the world. There is no shortage of people who need nutrition counseling. So we don't have that feeling of scarcity. Um, and we have found that when we support each other, we actually do much better. Um, we've developed networks where we are emotionally supporting each other, mentally supporting each other, um, and it really works well. Um, and yeah, like I, I, and I was just kind of like a little confused. I, I you know, I was just like, yeah, I, I don't know, like I, I can't relate. We don't, we don't operate like that at all. And he, this man was was just listening to me talk and he was just so flabbergasted like he he couldn't understand it he was like I don't understand what do you mean you guys don't compete there's no competition like uh, that's like that's amazing uh, I, I, I he just he couldn't find the words and god it was just such such a stark contrast it's just so crazy how di- how different it was and Um, You know, in the moment, even in that night, I did not come to all of the conclusions that I have come to now. It's been a while since then, and I I, I think about it a lot. And I can talk about them now because I've thought about it. But, um, you know, I'm thinking the whole kitchen situation. There, like I said, there's literally, literally uh, millions of kitchens where this man operates there's no shortage of kitchens. People are always looking for their kitchens to get redone. Why can't it just be that you design certain kinds of kitchens and the right customers who like your kitchen designs will buy from you? And then your competition over there, they design certain kinds of kitchens. And why can't other people who like those kitchens just buy from them? Why do you have to be everything to everybody? Why can't you just service the right customers for you? And then you won't be so burnt out all the time. <laughs> right? Like like it almost seems so simple that it almost seems silly at this point. Um, but, you know, when you zoom out, 
right? If you look at the world, I mean, that's kind of how the whole world operates. Everything is a competition. Everything is a fight for who's going to get to the resources first? Who can extract them first? Who can sell them first? Who, how can we exploit as much as possible? How can we compete, 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 grind into the ground? And look at the death and destruction of Mother Nature. Look at the death and destruction of our, our psyches and our emotional beings. And, and now when you, now, okay, ready? Here we go. Here's the registered dietitian bringing it back to food and body. When you zoom in to your everyday personal life and the way that you relate to food and your body, it kind of fucking feels like that sometimes, right? How efficient can I make my food intake? What is the best possible way that I can eat? How can I lose the most amount of, of weight in the shortest amount of time? How can I look the best compared to everybody else? How can I get the skinniest? How can I make my physique look a certain way so that I look better than these people and then those people and then those people? And then, oh wait, now that's, now that's in style. Now I got to make my body look like that. And what's the most efficient way to eat for that? How can I eat the lowest amount of carbs and burn the most amount of fat? How can I burn the most amount of calories What's the best exercise? What's the best ratio of carbs to protein to fat to get my metabolism the absolute highest and to be the absolute healthiest I can possibly be? Uh. Right? When you, you, you zoom in and you zoom out and you zoom in and you zoom out and you could see how the larger environment, the larger structure, the larger organization of things, how much they actually come in to these details of our personal lives. Uh, You know, I think about this all the time. I think about how these larger systems and structures, how they, you know, you can be all by yourself in the comfort of your own home, in your kitchen, all by yourself, right? You're all by yourself. There's no other humans around you. And you're in your kitchen and you go to find something to eat. And your brain just gets flooded with all of those thoughts, right? What's the best way to eat? What's the least amount of calories? How can I burn the most fat? What's the best ratio? Protein, carbs, fat, blah, 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 right? And it just comes in. And and you're by yourself. You're alone. And yet, the decision that you end up making on how to feed your body, how to nourish your life, is not it, it's it's being so heavily influenced by these overarching systems and structures in place you think you're making a decision that's coming from you and your autonomy but it's not and when you think of it like that i don't know but it sends like shivers up my spine because to think about being alone in my kitchen and having the forces of other people influence the way that I'm choosing to feed my body 
I mean, it's pretty fucking violating. You're, you're, you're being violated without even being touched. You're being violated without anybody even being in the same house as you. And I don't know, that kind of pisses me off a little bit. <laughs> so, what can we take from this? I don't know. I don't know, guys. I kind of just felt inspired to talk about this. So I got on here and I just started recording because that's what I wanted to say. So, I don't know. Let's see. Where does this go next? Well, well, I don't know. Hopefully, this perspective can help um, build on, like I said, to the last episode, talking about how shame is not an effective motivator for behavior change. So when you're in a vicious cycle of, let's say, binging on a whole bunch of food and then feeling guilty about it and then restricting really hard and feeling groggy and miserable because you're malnourished and then reaching a breaking point and snapping and then binging on food again and going through this, you know, and then feeling guilty again and, and, you know, just going through this vicious cycle of binge restrict and binge restrict, for example. While you're over there beating yourself up for doing this, take a step back, zoom out a little bit. Because what's really going on there? What, like, what is it that's actually happening? It's so much more, it's not about the food. It's, it's just not, (laughs) it's got nothing to do with the food. I just wonder, you know, and, and I'm I'm like, I know I'm on a podcast by myself right now, but I feel like having an open dialogue conversation, what do you think it's all about, right? Like if we're looking at it through the lens of competition and this, this world that we have all been born into that is so characterized by production and bottom lines and how much can you produce and what's the most efficient way of doing things. You know, how much of that is coming in to the way that you are perceiving your food intake or how you eat or how much of that is influencing the choices that you make over your body with regards to food and nutrition. And I mean, we could talk about this with other things as well, but again, I'm dietitian focus on the food um you know how much how much of that you know while you're sitting there beating yourself up for oh my god I binged I ate too much food I gotta go on a diet again but then the diet doesn't work because I can't stay on it and then I binge again and this like crazy yo-yo cycling you know how long have you been beating yourself up in that cycle when in reality you didn't even do anything to create the systems and structures in place that got you stuck there. And I don't want to sit here and be like, you're a victim. Like, I'm not trying to like say that you should have a victim mentality. I hate that. Like, we're not victims. We are rising up and we are conquering. <laughs> but what I'm just trying to say is that it's, it's so much more than what meets the eye. It's kind of like, um, like a cobweb, right? Like a spider makes a cobweb, right? And like, let's say like a, an insect gets stuck in the cobweb and the insect like doesn't 
maybe necessarily know that they're in a cobweb but they're stuck and they get like the wind blows and the cobweb blows in like a whole bunch of different directions and they keep get the, the insect gets pulled in all these different directions with with the motion of the cobweb and they're like oh my god what the fuck is going on this is so crazy I don't understand this is so chaotic but I can't get out of it right and like there's pieces of the cobweb over here that are that are pulling on other pieces of the cobweb on the other side which is pulling on other pieces of the cobweb on the other side and this insect in the middle is just kind of like oh my god woo i don't know what's happening and they're like why am i stuck how did i get here i'm such an idiot how did i get in this trap right that's you shaming yourself blah, 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 blah. <laughs> right but now what you're doing as you're you know if you're listening to me if you're following me what you're doing is you are embarking on this journey of of picking yourself out of the cobweb. And as you pick yourself out of the cobweb more and more, and you you can like, I don't know, let's say you're a, uh, I don't know, a fly, right? A fly that got stuck in the cobweb, right? So now you're a fly and you picked yourself out of the cobweb and now you're flying above it. So now you have this like bird's eye view of the cobweb. And you can look at it now as the whole picture, right? And you could be like, oh, I see it now. I see the cobweb. I see how, you know, it gets pulled in all these different directions and how I was stuck in it and why that got me caught in this certain pattern, right? That's what you're doing now. You're, you're zooming out and you can see it from a bird's eye view. And it has nothing to do with the fact that cookies have a whole bunch of sugar. It has nothing to do with the fact that, I don't know, McDonald's is really tasty and they're really good at marketing. And, you know, that's why you keep finding yourself in the drive-thru and then feeling guilty and having to you know restrict the next day or the next week or whatever it's got nothing to do with the minute details of the nutrition in the food that you're eating it's the bigger picture what is the overarching themes and systems and structures and cultures and cycles and and generational patterns that have got you to a place where when you go into your kitchen and you're by yourself and you're trying to decide what to eat where are all those thoughts coming from that influence you, right? And, and I know, like, you could be standing there going crazy. Like, why, wait, why can't I just pick something to eat and be at peace with it and move the fuck on with my life? Because that's what you want, right? That's why you're listening to this. That's what you want. You want to be able to just go in your kitchen, like, all right, can I just make a sandwich without caring about the carbohydrates? Can I just make a sandwich without thinking about the macros like why do I have to be so obsessed with this why do I have to think about how it's going to affect the scale in the morning and my ratio and if I if I'm in keto ketosis or if I'm not in ketosis like can I just get a fucking sandwich and then sit down and eat it and stop thinking about food and move on with my life and do other things right why can't you just do that why why can't that just be the way that you live well I don't know, maybe, maybe it has something to do with the fact that we live in a world that just absolutely suffocates us with the, the feeling of, hey, if you're not doing the most efficient job at absolutely everything you ever do, you're a failure, you're worthless, if you can do it better, then you're not doing it right. And these thoughts and these feelings just drag. They just drag on you. And that's why you can't just eat a sandwich and move on with your life. Because it's not about the sandwich. It's about 
so much more than that. So, okay, I think that's all I have to say. <laughs> Sorry, I wish I had a solution. I mean, I mean, my solution is burn the world down and start over. Um, <laughs> or lately, I'm on the kick of um, not just a kick, but I'm I'm really serious about you know just creating new systems and structures in place that center the intuition, that center your unique individual needs, um, your own unique individual personality, um, and cultivating that and creating systems that are not competitive, that are supportive emotionally, mentally, physically, financially, um, that's my, that's my solution. If you would like to join me on that journey, uh, come on, let's do it. <laughs> I'd love to network. I'd love to build these systems and structures. Um, that's also part of my reasoning for doing these series of podcasts. Um, really, I just, I want to be able to get out as much information as possible for free to help change as many lives as possible. Um, so those who maybe do not have financial access for one-on-one -on -one counseling, um, hopefully through a string and series of podcasts and, and content on my Instagram, you can heal your relationship with food as much as possible in this lifetime. So I will leave you with that for now. If you don't already follow me on Instagram, you can find me at embodied.nourishment. Um, and I will leave the link and the information to work with me one-on-one -on -one for counseling down in the show notes as well. Thank you all again for joining me. I will see you next time. Bye.